0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Life and Pastimes podcast. I am here today joined by Louisa Dyson, who is the founder of the Health Anxiety Foundation, to raise awareness of not only the charity, but the different types of anxiety that can occur. So I hope that you enjoy listening to this episode and... Please, as always, if you enjoy this episode, leave a review and join in the conversation on our social medias. Enjoy the show!
1: Lisa, how are you doing? I am doing really well, thank you. Thank you for having me on the podcast.
0: No worries at all. I've been really looking forward to this as this is yet another subject that Life and Pastimes has covered that isn't covered quite so much in the mainstream.
1: Yeah, it's um it, it's still a little bit um it's it's sort of a less spoken about area of anxiety, I guess. I think there's still a few. Um, Well, there's still some stigma surrounding the the health anxiety sort of sphere, people being labelled as hypochondriacs. Um, So, yeah, I I really welcome the opportunity to sort of have a chat with you about it and and sort of spread some awareness.
0: Absolutely. And there really can't be enough awareness spread, I don't think, um, over such important subjects. So, what's a little bit of a background on yourself then before we get started?
1: Yeah, so um, I do have a a personal experience with health anxiety. I think that probably I've had it a lot of my life, but it didn't really come into fruition until I was about 23. Um, And so, that just for anyone listening is uh, four years ago. And I had just finished uni um, and I'd started a new job that I was finding very, very stressful. And um, I probably wasn't dealing with that stress very well. Um, and I sort of started to experience these stomach pains and sort of one thing led to another. And I, I was convinced I had uh, pancreatic cancer Um was Googling that, you know, all night really working myself into a a bit of a state about it to the point that maybe a few months later I went and got sort of a private pancreas scan um, ultrasound to kind of rule anything out um as is the way with health anxiety um which I I sort of learned about after once you rule one thing out you tend to get another thing almost instantly so I was like I still had the pain there. Um, and so I was like, well, it must be something in my abdomen. I must have sort of a cancer of somewhere in the abdomen. Like I wasn't specific at all, but that sent me down like a whole new spiral of, um, sort of going to see gastroenterologists. I was having endoscopies. I was having colonoscopies. Um, my, parents my poor parents were having to sort of fund the whole thing privately because I was absolutely unable to I say unable in in quotation marks because um obviously I, I could have been able to wait but I felt like I was unable to wait and I was just a mess like crying all the time um and yeah and then eventually sort of after all these scans you know the doctor said I think it might be sort of an anxiety related thing. They never actually did diagnose me with health anxiety, but I think it, it was kind of a given. Yeah. Um, and yeah, then just from then for about a year, there was just endless things that I was worried about, um, be it like lymphoma, be it HIV, um, you know, Gosh, there was there was absolutely everything. ALS was a really bad one, um, and really that sort of wiped out about a year of my life, um, just in an absolute state about these things. And now I've got to a place where I am feeling considerably better. Um, I have more of a control over sort of my emotions that I that I attach to my health. Um, And, yeah, I just thought I was in a a place that was good enough that I could kind of maybe help some people. Um, I'm not just for anyone listening. I'm not sort of a a psychologist or a mental health professional in any way. Um, But I do like to do my research and, um, you know, put out sort of reliable information on my Instagram and stuff like that, just to just to sort of help people who are going through the same thing.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, I cannot stress enough how useful research is and quite a lot of the time that can be more useful than sometimes going elsewhere because you know that whatever that person's putting up, they've either been through it or researched it to high heaven and back just to get credible information for you.
1: Absolutely. And I think the fact that I am not a mental health professional I've really got that sort of um worry on my shoulder like don't put out stuff that is going to make people feel worse or don't put out things that aren't um, aren't true so yeah everything everything that I put out is like research hardcore (laughs) yeah
0: I think that's really common when you've been diagnosed with a mental illness it's like research 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 (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, But yeah, going on from that then, so did that kind of inspire you to create obviously the foundation that you've got, which sounds amazing?
1: Yeah, so um, the Health Anxiety Foundation was um, founded a few months ago, really. So I think it was May uh, that we sort of set everything up and started operating. And that was really founded off the back of One, my personal experience with health anxiety, but also um, during that time, I found it quite difficult to get any sort of solid information about health anxiety that was reliable, Mm. um, you know, where to get help, stuff like that. Um, And I felt like we could use somewhere that was a hub for all that information um you know there are places to go to get help um I know a lot more about that in the UK than I do sort of elsewhere um but the information on that just isn't hugely readily available um so so yeah so my idea was just to make a place that people could go to get that help or to ask where to find that help um and yeah it's it's really blossomed from there um so it's it, it it really is it's sort of been a wonderful experience um you know helping the people that we have so far and i hope it continues to grow
0: <laughs> i hope so because i i will put the link in the description anyway to the um health anxiety foundation because that is something that is really important and i was going through on there earlier actually and i saw that you had different workshops coming up um i mean they all sound amazing yeah so um we have a few
1: sort of initiatives um that we're that we're running sort of to start everything off um and so the the sort of first initiative i guess that i'll go into is just r- raising awareness um so we're primarily doing that through social media but in the near future we are planning to sort of liaise with experts in the area um who, who and then sort of translate their their clinical findings so people can understand them because i don't know if you've oh ever God. tried to read a scientific article but it is hard yeah. <laughs> hard long and maybe a little bit boring <laughs> um, so we're going to do that we're also going to be offering um educational materials as part of sort of a support offering and then um, we're going to try and make it so that the the teachings of health anxiety makes it onto sort of educational curriculum so um, you know looking into sort of medicine degrees, seeing if it's taught on there, putting it into the curriculum, that kind of thing. Not stuff that we've done yet, but it's all in the pipeline. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you mentioned sort of the the different support groups and activity groups. Yeah. Um, and that's really part of our initiative to uh, improve access to care and, you know, help people to improve their emotional and physical well-being Mm. um they're not so you know a yoga or a meditation or a mindfulness it's not going to cure your health anxiety but it's all part of that like holistic treatment um of sort of improving your entire well-being yeah Um, Mm -hmm. and so hopefully when you get out of the place where you're sort of absolutely awful with health anxiety and you get to a place maybe where you're like me where you still experience it a little bit but not a lot or even you know people who are sort of much more in that hole they can have things that can keep them out of it Mm. um in the in the long run um so That's really what they're about, and uh, it's interesting for me as well because I don't know a lot about um, sort of mindfulness and meditation, so I'm definitely going to be sitting in on those workshops too, <laughs> making the most of it. Bettering I, don't myself. Blame
0: you. <laughs> I really don't blame you. I mean, um, I've got anxiety as well, but yeah. I use um, like mindfulness and meditation and yoga quite a lot, yeah, um, and it definitely helps. Um, yeah. So I can't speak highly enough, but I mean I can I- imagine.
1: And I'm I'm looking forward to it because I think that one of the things that I really struggled with um actually not during my health anxiety but I in November I went through a really horrific period of generalized anxiety. Mm-hmm. And um I Really, really struggled to do sort of this mindfulness um, and meditation stuff on my own mm-hmm. because I felt like my thoughts, my thoughts were just so busy. And I you know, every time I would sort of sit and try and still myself, like I would just think, I'm so anxious, this is horrible. So I really like the idea of doing these sort of group classes where you have someone guiding you through everything yeah. because then you've got something else to focus on other than what's going on in your head. Exactly. Um, yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, I can so relate to all of that, that you just said. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I'll definitely see if I can pop along to some of the meditations and yoga stuff because yeah please do definitely that would be amazing um just (laughs) to have somebody else guiding is absolutely brilliant
1: um
0: so yeah that all sounds so good um is there anything else that you found particularly useful to tackle anxiety for anybody that might be listening
1: um I and this really does depend on the kind of person you are um for me I am a very social person so I found that actually sort of forcing myself out um not to like go out to the pub or like drink but going on walks with people um and just sort of Sharing my issues with friends and family was such a huge um, help for me. Um, like, I would go on when I was in a really bad state with anxiety, I'd go on sort of like two hours of walking a day um, just with friends because it allowed me to kind of get out of that mindset for a little bit. Um, and I also think if you can really sort of trust your friends to be there for you. Um, you know I don't know if anyone else finds this but I was always so much more anxious like first thing in the morning when I woke up and um, I'd taken some time off work and I, I had sort of three work colleagues that would call me on a zoom call at 8 30 and I'd be in bed like oh, I can't deal with this like I can't cope and they would just chat to me to like get me out of bed um, but that was a huge huge help being sort of the social side of things. Um, diet I think is something to to watch slightly. I mean I know that if you're in a really bad state it's very very difficult to motivate yourself to sort of eat well. Um, but if you can avoid alcohol, avoid caffeine um, you know try and get some protein in the morning, um, so if you're not eating a lot, you're still eat, eating something that's nutritious. That's that's sort of a big help. Um, and then, I mean, I am like a huge advocate for therapy um, and the different uh, for, for health anxiety. um, the sort of gold standard is CBT. Um, and I had an absolute great CBT therapist who um really helped me through everything but obviously if you've got generalized anxiety I think just finding someone who can give you that professional help mm. and knowing that you can get that help before things get really bad you don't have to be in sort of you don't have to have hit rock bottom to be deserving of therapy in fact it's probably much better if you get it before that stage because yeah. then you never do hit rock bottom exactly um so yeah, look, find find a good therapist. Um, research what therapy works for what you're going through. Um, eat well, socialize. I'm sure there's probably other things. Don't be afraid of um, going on medication if you need it. I think that's a slightly taboo, um, taboo subject and obviously something that should be discussed with your doctor, not just take my word for it. Um, but yeah if if you need some medication there's absolutely no shame in that at all.
0: Exactly. I mean I think the key thing is is to realize that there shouldn't be this stigma of going and talking to somebody. So um I think for anybody that's struggling don't feel afraid to talk because there's always somebody that's been through the same thing or similar to you that you can talk to these days. I mean the internet is brilliant for that.
1: Absolutely, and I. This is one of the things that um, the NHS do. Actually, is they and you. You may know of this, but I didn't actually know of it until I was really bad with anxiety. They run this thing called um, IAP service, which is uh, it stands for improved access to psychological therapies. If you just pop that in on Google, you can find an IAP service in your area by entering what GP you're registered with, okay. and basically they, you can self refer yourself. They offer so many courses from, you know, um, depression, th- dealing with depression, um, PTSD, trauma, anxiety, health anxiety. Um, they even do sort of getting your finances back on track courses like that they're basically like mental health colleges Um, so yeah they just don't seem to be they offer so much and they help so many people but yet everyone that I speak to (laughs) has never heard of them so that is my word of advice for uh, anyone listening in the UK yeah
0: it just seems so weird that all this stuff is out there and yet you've got to do the research in order to find it.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's, um, so the reason that I found it was through, um, through my GP, Mm. but it did take a while before I kind of knew about it. Like it was sort of months into my treatment. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think I think it's good that people know about that because it's a really, really useful um, source of information. And you really can you can sign up. um, I think you get sort of a year membership. This don't quote me on this because I could be wrong. You get a year membership and you um, can join like three or four courses every few months. Um, So it would be like a six week course or something like that. It's so, so, so useful.
0: That sounds amazing and it sounds good that like that information is out there and as I say not many people know about it which is strange when we're trying to combat the stigma of talking about mental health and people actually finding out genuine information. Yeah
1: definitely definitely and um I think the fact that it's I mean to my knowledge it's most places in the UK um Obviously, I haven't researched them all myself, but I think that's I think that's really helpful as well, because it's just it's just easy. Mm. Yeah.
0: So what do you hope to achieve by raising awareness to health anxiety?
1: I think um, primarily, uh, initially even, um, I just want people to feel like they're not abnormal for experiencing it. Um, and they don't feel afraid to sort of speak up and say, "This is what I'm going through." I think the the stigma that's attached to it at the moment does mean that people don't get help until they hit that rock bottom because they're so embarrassed. They're like, "Oh, I shouldn't be worrying about my health this much." They're so embarrassed that they don't go and speak to anyone until it's you know they're actually unable to like function um properly so so sort of taking that stigma away helping people to speak up about it and helping people to just feel a bit more normal about it is um is definitely one of the main things that I hope to achieve through raising awareness um and then sort of long-term goals for raising awareness I guess is I hope that some people sort of higher up with power um start to take it a little bit more seriously Um, and you know I hope that it's something that so for example in if you go to your doctors there's leaflets on it and it's just and it's treated as a medical condition not as um you know people just being hypochondriacs Um, so yeah that's that's really it at the moment and I'm sure you know, as I said, we're quite a new uh, a new foundation, but I'm sure as the months and years goes on, go, go, um, months and years go on, um, we sort of our objectives and initiatives will change and stuff. But for the moment, I think that's that's pretty much where we're at.
0: Yeah, I mean that is unbelievable. I think to be quite honest, it is the higher up where that boundary seems to be of it not being treated as a health concern when in actual fact it is Um, yeah otherwise it wouldn't be the commonly used hashtag on Instagram mental health is health yeah Um, I mean that should kind of bring it to people's forefront of people's brain if you like when they're talking to different people
1: yeah Um, and I definitely do think you know we're in a much better place than we were even 10 years ago in terms of people recognizing that but I think there's always work to do and there's always sort of smaller niches of mental health perhaps that health anxiety falls under and that could you know be put on a pedestal a bit more Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I do I do think things are changing. I'm optimistic that things are changing and that all this stuff is going to be taken more seriously.
0: Yeah, I mean it should be, but I mean I tend to think that all this stuff has been heightened because of COVID and because of the recent pandemic that we've
1: we've all been through. Um, yeah, definitely. I think. Um, I mean, the the thing with the thing with COVID and i've i've said this throughout is i think that in life as humans we develop coping mechanisms to deal with shitty situations and pre-covid a lot of those coping mechanisms we didn't even recognize that we're doing like you know having a chat with a colleague um, or sort of going for a walk with a friend or you know listening to something on the tube but being surrounded by people like all these like little things that aren't really coping mechanisms but they are were taken away from us and so suddenly we're just put into this place where we we have really nothing in terms of um combating these like little niggling thoughts that um that are sort of going into our brains. And I think that's probably why COVID has had such a bad impact on mental health. Mm. Um, And I mean, of course, for the health anxiety side of things, um, what's worse than the global pandemic to sort of heighten your worries about your health?
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, as I've always said, coping with the mental illness is lonely enough as it is without being completely isolated as everybody's been um, and not having the support network there definitely and and not feeling like and
1: this I mean this was obviously the case with people with physical illnesses as well but not feeling like you can go out and get the help for it as well Mm. because I know there was a lot of um people sort of waiting to get things because they were worried that they weren't serious enough to be seen and they didn't want to be putting other people at risk and stuff like that i think um from a few people that i've spoken to who are sort of slightly younger still living with their parents who are experiencing sort of bad mental health problems they were worried about their parents having to take them in um, and putting their parents at risk um which of course is you know, it's a, it's a valid worry in a pandemic. So it, it's, it's just one of those horrible things where it, it sort of stopped people getting the help that they really needed.
0: Mm. Um, and I think that's something that's really valid and something that I think it's kind of promoted it on social media a little bit more. I mean, I could be wrong, um, but it seems now that there are a lot more people tackling mental health on social media. Um, yeah, which is really nice to see
1: yeah it's absolutely nice to see and it's also nice to see um that there's kind of a different array of people on social media with sort of obviously the the different mental health issues um you know you can find no matter what your niche you can almost definitely find someone on social media but then there's also an array of different severities so you know people are posting when they feel really really awful which I massively applaud because you know even though I consider myself as someone who's quite open I'm still not at the place where I could kind of if I was if I was having a bad day Mm. like I still I couldn't I couldn't put it on social media and that's I mean I guess that's that's sort of an area that I need to work on but I'm more of a get into bed put the duvet over my head and just wait wait it out yeah. Kind of a person um, but it's nice to see that there are people like that because you can if you're you know one of me and you're sort of underneath your duvet hiding from the world you can flick onto social media and be like oh, okay like someone else is experiencing this I can get like things will get better it offers a little bit of hope I think
0: it really does and I think it kind of just illustrates how um, together like the mental health and mental illness community really is and the fact that nobody is truly alone. Yeah definitely
1: and I think it also just highlights the size of it mm. um, you know so we hear I mean you, you hear these figures like one in four people experience depression in their life or one in four people experience anxiety But when you're going about your day-to-day life, the people who are going through bad periods of that are not really sort of out and about doing stuff. Mm. So I think you feel slightly more alone. Like you say, you you think, oh, here's this figure, but everyone around me looks like they're doing fine. And everyone around me is, and of course you you never know that because you never know what's going on inside someone's head, but at least social media offers that sort of door um into sort of the less glamorous more raw world of mental health
0: yeah I mean that kind of then opens up to the whole new world of like the fact that you can help other people without even realizing it
1: yeah absolutely um I think one of the things as like a I guess hazard warning although it's not really a hazard warning um but I so obviously I I was mentioning earlier about how I do a lot of research with my posts I think the one sort of downside of like the mental health social media is there are some people um, and some accounts out there that aren't doing aren't putting that research behind things or a sort of portraying themselves as something maybe that they might not be and you know offering courses that you have to pay for and stuff like that so I guess a caveat of, of sort of social media is good is just watch out for those sorts of things um yeah and just try and have have your wits about you with that with that
0: yeah again I think the only thing that can be done in that case is just investigate 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 and see if you can find anybody else that's done those courses and see what their opinion is yeah Um, and kind of just fine-tune um the information that you take in
1: yeah like look for reviews yeah look for reviews and don't look for reviews that are on their website look for like google reviews or something that's something
0: completely separate (laughs) exactly because there's so much false information out there as well yeah Um, and that particularly is I mean I could be wrong here is like when people aren't qualified and they don't do the research and then they put up whatever they think is right on social media um when, in actual fact, that could be doing more harm than good,
1: yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I think if you if you just do your research a bit, then it's probably all right, and also, if people are sort of portraying themselves as someone who's gone through um gone through the anxiety and they're just sort of doing their lived experience, mm-hmm. um you know I think you know to sort of take everything that they're saying. On the chin a little bit, like it's yeah. just them speaking and not a professional, and you know you wouldn't go to them for for the advice, maybe. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, I think though these days, going back to like the whole stigma of mental health and that kind of thing, do you think mainly it's like the stereotypes that have been developed over the years that have kind of made people un- like unable to talk about mental health?
1: Um yes potentially although I think we are starting to move out of that Mm. um I mean I think if if we were talking about like our parents generation um it the things it would be quite different yeah um and then talking about like our grandparents generation even further I, I mean I was speaking to to my grandma and um she was talking about someone who my mom told me had quite bad mental health, mm. and the phrase they used was "she has a problem with her nerves." Um, you know she's that it's a problem with her nerves, um, and that was the extent to it, really. I think if we go back that far, but um, yeah. I, I now no, I don't think people are massively stereotyped. I could be completely wrong there. Um. And there could be people listening who are like, "That is just absolute bollocks." So, <laughs> um, I I haven't felt stereotyped um, or worried about it. Um, but I think I think the real problem that people have with speaking about it is it's just that feeling of being quite vulnerable mm. um, and and being quite weak. And 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 that's not the case at all. Like you're not weak when you're going through a, a sort of a mental health um, crisis. Um, but it's it's a very difficult and odd experience to be a sort of fully functioning um, teenager, adult, and then suddenly needing all this help from people. So I think it's just that, you know, it's just that feeling of of having to let go of some of your responsibilities. I think that's what makes it quite hard to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, like, you know, you have a lot of commitments in life, like you, you have a job, or you have kids, or, um, you know, you have a, a new boyfriend, or there's, there's always going to be things that a period of bad mental health is going to feel like it's completely disrupting. And that in itself, I think makes a lot of people not want to speak about it, because, you know, there's like, oh, I don't have time for this um, mental health problem because I'm really busy at work and I've got to get this done. And if I don't get it done, someone else is going to get a promotion or, you know, I've just got a new boyfriend and what's he going to think if, you know, I'm a mess and, and stuff like that. So I think maybe, and like, I would love to hear other people's thoughts on this, but I think a lot of the barriers to speaking about things is more to, is more sort of societal and, um, to do with maybe concerns about falling behind. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely in our parents' generation, um, I think there were definitely stereotypes.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think it's just weird how things have changed um, generation by generation. Um, I mean, now I think a bit like you said, I think we're in kind of a tole- more tolerative yeah. um, generation, whereas like years ago, not much was known about mental health so it was just a case of oh get on with it yeah but I think another thing is is like in today's world we've got all this technology and we're constantly taking in information which I mean before we only used to like watch the news read newspapers now we get pings on our phones and it's like oh this has happened yeah,
1: definitely. And I do I do wonder, though, because obviously um, you and I are quite uh, sort of in tune with the mental health stuff, having been through it ourselves. But perhaps um, there's a different view on that from people who haven't yet experienced like a bad issue with their mental health. Like for me, I would never I really I don't feel like I would ever stereotype someone from ha- for having a mental health problem I feel like it's something that you go through and something that you deal with and it kind of ups and downs through life but it's I would never sort of be like oh they're like I would just never stereotype them but I don't know if if I'd never experienced something like that myself whether I'd be more inclined to be like to put someone in a stereotype
0: yeah Um,
1: I'd hope not but I don't know Uh, you'd you'd have to ask someone who has um no experience of mental health and they probably wouldn't say that would they because that would just be mean
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, it is a really interesting point because there are two sides to that um I mean I would like to think that I've never stereotyped anybody um for any type of mental health because um, I mean I'm like an open book myself anybody can ask me anything and I'll return the answer be it a good one or a bad one um, yeah but I just yeah it's, it's really interesting yeah actually I think
1: when I was younger because I I didn't experience any sort of anxiety really until I was like I said like tw- 20s early 20s and mm-hmm. um, perhaps when I was sort of 14 15 that kind of age and I was very happy go lucky Mm. I think I did have some awareness of mental health but I you know I think maybe I would have had that attitude like oh just cheer up stop worrying um but it's hard to it's hard to imagine that now because I'm so empathetic towards it
0: Yeah I think that's a problem when you um when you've been through it yourself you tend to look more empathetically towards other situations like no matter what they are yeah um, so I mean I think that's one benefit really if you can call it a benefit of going through mental health is, is it yeah. does make you more empathetic towards different people
1: absolutely and um Actually, this is one of the things that I do like to address because we so often talk about the negative impacts of mental health and the sort of chaos chaos that it's ensued on our lives. Um, But there definitely are some positives to going through something like this. And empathy is a massive one. Um, For me, I think it's also allowed me to kind of like assess my life and align it to things that make me happy and you know fulfill me so I feel every day when I wake up I feel really fulfilled and I'm doing stuff that I want to do and so I think sometimes it's good to take that step back and be like okay it's been a shitter of a few months but what have I learned here like what's gone well and like why does this make me a really awesome person
0: Mm. I think that's really important for like everybody to do as well particularly if you're into like journaling and gratitude all that kind of stuff um to write that down so then in times when you probably are a little bit down or um, things aren't quite going right for whatever reason. To know that you've then got that to look back on,
1: yeah, definitely, definitely. I have never actually gra- like journaled myself, but I'm not. I'm not a huge writer, mm. um, so I think that's. I think that's probably what, or maybe it's just sort of I'm a little bit disorganised. So if I ever did start a journal, like I'd probably lose the journal after three days. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah definitely definitely a good idea and I think a lot of my journaling goes down in my my Instagram and and stuff anyway so maybe that's where I where I have my outlet
0: yeah I mean it's really important as well when you go through mental health to have an outlet that you can focus on um so then it kind of keeps you going as well yeah
1: definitely um and it gives you something to do as well. Like when I was, so, so now it's, it's it, obviously it's um, something that I'm doing for a reason and it's for the Health Anxiety Foundation and it's to help people. Um, but when I was really anxious back in November and I, I really couldn't do anything, like I'd stopped work, I'd moved back in with my mom. Um, I was in a horrible, horrible state. And I just did like crosswords all the time because (laughs) because it's all I could do. And it gave me that outlet to like focus on something. And it it was very, very therapeutic. So I imagine in the same way, like the writing or the journaling would Mm. be therapeutic for somebody else.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely hugely important to have something creative that kind of takes you out of like everyday life
1: yeah, um, yeah and that's really you know looping back to the health anxiety foundation and those sort of activity groups that's really what this hopes to achieve um obviously at the moment we've got sort of the mindfulness based stuff and we've got the um we've got a nutrition for mental health seminar going on but I really want to explore sort of other avenues like art therapy and um you know drawing and goodness it could even be like singing stuff like that just that gives you an outlet to focus on something else um or just something to get interested in um and give you a little bit of purpose maybe
0: yeah absolutely and I think all of that is so important and as well then you feel so accomplished um yeah if you get something down on paper you feel so accomplished or um if you manage to draw something no matter what it is yeah um I think think all that helps yeah I've I've never
1: really considered myself a hugely artistic person um but (laughs) I have a six-year-old nephew who absolutely loves painting and We only use watercolor because it's cleaner um (laughs) but uh we'll he'll be sat down and I'll find myself just sort of pulling up a stool next to him and getting the paints out and I'm like painting away and he's he bless him he's so funny he's like he's so complimentary of all my work he'll be like Louisa that is absolutely amazing (laughs) and I'll be like yes it is <laughs> thank you <laughs> made me feel good but no it's like it's a nice thing to do just to like sort of not think about anything else not think about the day-to-day stresses of work or whatever you've got going on but just to sit down and whatever it is for an hour just focus on something else
0: exactly And um, yeah I mean I can't speak highly enough of that to be honest um yeah. But just wrapping things up now, so what would you say that your greatest achievement is so far? So I
1: think my greatest achievement, well, the thing that I'm most proud of is the Health Anxiety Foundation, not to plug it again. um, (laughs) But I have been since like the age of 16 saying, I want to start a charity Um, I want to start a business or something along those lines and as I mentioned earlier I'm a very disorganized person and I've always started but I've never sort of gone through with something so yeah I'm I'm I think I'm really really proud of that to be honest um that would be my number one at the moment I'll probably think of something else after we get off this call and I'll be like damn it
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Um, but no, I'll stick to my guns. That's yeah. what it's gonna be. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I must admit, that one is pretty epic. Um, <laughs> to have done that, it's just amazing. Um, but yeah, so thank you so much for being a part of Life and Pastimes podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been so nice having a chat with you um and hopefully we'll speak again soon um and keep no, us definitely. up to date yes i will do
1: i will do <laughs> and you can come to one of the the sessions if you like
0: <laughs> yes that would be amazing and i will leave the links below for everybody else that's interested as well um but yeah i've really enjoyed this chat to be honest yeah me too i've been i've been smiling
1: the whole time <laughs> <laughs> ah good
0: thank you so much louisa for joining me today it has been an absolute pleasure to talk about mental health anxiety and raising awareness of anxiety and just how much it can impact upon people's lives that are diagnosed with a type of anxiety to anyone out there who is listening and this reasons with you please know that you are not alone and there are people out there who can help you Also, please, if you feel empowered to do so, share different ways, different tips or different techniques of how you cope with your anxiety just to get a discussion going on our social media pages. I look forward to seeing you listening next week. Bye.